Today on the Premiership Perusal Podcast, Arsenal, the talk of town atop the table, perfect through five. They pick up two wins in the two match weeks. Man City keep on rolling as they demolish Nottingham Forest this past match day. Man U and Liverpool both back, back to back wins for both sides. Chelsea keep slipping. Mid-table sides like West Ham and Villa find themselves in dire positions. All that and everything in between, this is the Premiership Rizzo Podcast. Manchester City are still alive here. Balotelli, Aguero! Back, Fuchs. And the ball in behind Damian Bunny! You are an ostrich. Well, your head must be in the sand. Is your head in the sand? Can you, are you flexible enough to get your head in the sand? Now the fans are shouting every week, Louis van Gaal's army! Louis van Gaal's army! Feet after a fabulous start, the game just got away from you there. I have nothing, nothing to say. Nothing to say about the game at all. How's it going, dude? Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, and good night, and good night. <laughs> good evening, in the <laughs> middle of. <laughs> good evening. Good evening. Shout out Unai Emery. Uh, well, let's not mess about. No, we there got were a lot twenty to, games. We got we got a it. lot to cover. Yeah, my my recaps aren't going to be too long because I tried to. Yep, Sh- short and sweet. It. We can't. Should we even do lineups today? We can't bore the people. Uh, You want to do lineups? All right, we'll do lineups. We'll, we'll do... <laughs> we could do lineups. That's tradition. It's tradition. Yeah. Quick lineups. Bazunu, Walker, Pier- well, first off, first match of the two match days, yes. Southampton, Manchester United, St. Mary's, the lineups, Bazunu, Walker, Peters, Gineppo, Salisu, Bella Ketchup, Bottle of Ketchup, Bottle of Ketchup, Joe Rebo, James Ward-Prowse, Adam Armstrong, El Nuesi, Lavia, Che McAdams for United, De Gea, Lissandra Martinez, Malasia, Varane, Delot, Bruno Fernandes, Christian Eriksen, Jaden Sancho, Anthony Alanga, Scott McTominay, Marcus Rashford. To the game. To the game. Back and forth early on. Uh, neither side really establishing kind of you know, dominant player or anything. Um, s- some costly giveaways by United. They looked a bit uh, a bit unsure at the back at times. You know, it's not the first time we've seen it. Um, but we've also seen this scenario where Southampton can't take advantage of chances very often. Um, you know, Adam Armstrong lately has been playing a lot better. And I think it's because he's not just a nine. They have a more out wide now. Mm-hmm. I think getting him in space and letting him dribble to build up into the attacking play is really working in terms of getting him involved. Uh, they they are definitely utilizing that tactic this game, um, but it it was definitely more menu as the half went on, able to possess, kind of slow it down, 
um, crazy mad scramble in front of the net uh, to make sure United only get a corner by Southampton. I'm sure everyone's seen that clip by now of just the block shot after block shot by Southampton. Um, but a couple chances for Southampton, mainly through Shea Adams. Uh, but, you know, I the first half wasn't too sharp by either side but it was it was pretty balanced um the midfield for both was eh eh but what are you gonna do nil nil at half second half united early on grabbed the lead playing quick linking up passes and it's your guy bruno Fernandes. he's back on the score sheet 55th minute from a deluxe cross um then United were like, all right, we're just going to sit back. We're going to sit back and absorb all the pressure possible. So Southampton, after that goal, looked the better side, holding possession, pushing forward. Um, Armstrong looked to be Southampton's best player this game, and then they subbed him off. thought that was kind of strange by Mr. Hasenhutl. The wheel spins, yes. as we like to say. Yeah. Uh, big save from David De Gea on Joe Rebo. Um in this entire time when this was going on, probably from like the 60, 65th minute on, man, you are just looking solely to counter. And they're very out of sorts. United are not a great counterattack team. If they win the ball in midfield and it's like a short distance to kind of have like fast buildup playing counter, yes. But like going length of the field, they that's not their forte, which is kind of strange because you'd think, you know, a guy like Sancho and stuff and Rashford, you get him in space. But what do I know? Uh, Mara with a couple of chances to end the game. Southampton had 47 touches in United's box this game. Still not enough. It's United to hold on for a 1-0 victory. <clears throat> Southampton struggling to get the clinical finish. It's yeah. always been a weakness of theirs. Yep. Um, United get the three points despite not having the most convincing of performances. I think you got to say at this point, you know, whatever you need to do to get the three points. Yeah, for United. Get the ball rolling. It's not going to be perfect. No. You know, you just got to have something to to build off of. With that said, I'm definitely going to complain later on about Tottenham's performances and they're doing virtually the exact same thing. Well, I think the difference is both teams are in very different stages of where they want to be. You know, United, it's... Of course, they're rebuilding for like the 9,000th time, and they're starting from ground zero. Tottenham, they've had, you know, a good half season under Conte. They have more of a plan. The players are more so in place. Yeah, but they're still just doing the same exact thing. They're just grinding results. Well, that is 100% true. They don't. I won't argue that. Yeah, they're not playing beautiful football as we'd like to feast our eyes upon, but but that's, they get it that's Conte, yeah, you know? That's Conte, and it might just be the ball genius himself, Eric Denhog. Yeah, <laughs> and and you have the man who should be bald, Conte. Yeah. Who who was fraudulent to his baldness. Yeah. He should not have hair. That man should not have no, hair. No, he has hair plugs. He is defying science, genetics, You don't go against karma, the grain. Yeah. All well, of that's, you know. So anyways. As far as this goes for Southampton, solid performance. Mm-hmm. 
I kind of want to see Hans. I feel like it's not that hard to figure out, Mr. Hostenhudel, what lineup to put out there, but he keeps finding ways to make it a struggle. But I guess He's this welcome. one with, you know, having two matches in a week, mm-hmm. I'll be a little lenient on him. Yeah. But I feel like you can tell who should be playing, who shouldn't be playing. Yeah. Moving on to match number two of 20, Brentford versus Everton. To the lineups for Brentford, Raya, Hickey, Henry, me, Zanka, Norgard, Jensen, Zanka. De Silva, Wisa, Tony, and Mbumo. For Everton, Pickford, Tarkovsky, Holgate, Cody, Patterson, Onana, Iwobi, Mikalenko, McNeil, Anthony Gordon, and Damari Gray. So this game was fairly even throughout um, throughout the first half. Everton started the game with more possession, but Brentford just looked a little sharper in attack. They had a couple chances. Uh, Mbumo had a shot go just wide, and Jensen hit the post again. The post coming, yeah, <laughs> just like last week. It's like every not favorable. Everything that hits the post does not go in. No Has anyone down, hit in. the post in just in general this year? I can't think of one. I can only think of the n- numerous times where it has hit the post and gone out. I'm trying to think of Fabian Shares blast hit it and went in. I don't. I can't remember. But yeah, I don't think so. I think that was just straight in. Despite Brentford having the better opportunities, Everton took the lead in the 24th minute through who else other than the 100 million pound man himself, Anthony Gordon. Beautiful ball, perfect ball up from Mr. Connor Cody. What he does best, the long ball up, perfect, perfectly to Gordon, takes a touch, takes a finish right through the the wickets, as they say. Yes. Um, yeah. You really know, nice that's finish. funny you say that about Gordon, because I saw some report that Chelsea never even offered above 40 mil. So that makes me question who is even <laughs> like, they won't even take 80 for him. It's like, what? Yeah, you know, it's it's the fog of war, the fog of transfer day. <laughs> who to believe, yeah. who to not believe. Brentford ended the first half with a couple of chances through Tony and Mbumo. Ivan Tony had a really nice header that I think it might have hit off the post. But Wouldn't he really should have scored. It was a free header. Uh, first half ended 1-0. Second half, Brentford looks looked much better in the second half. Um had a chance from a long throw. Norgard almost getting on the bike for the overhead finish, mm-hmm. but couldn't get it. Yeah, that would have been absolutely filthy. Yeah. <laughs> Gordon had a chance to add a second after Onana won the ball high up the pitch, but it was saved by Raya. And then Brentford pushed hard, just like they have throughout this season. They do not give up. No. They, they might not start the games well, but... Hey. They might be this year's Brighton where they just turn losses into draws. Yeah. And just grind a bunch of extra points out that way. They pushed hard for the equalizer, found it in the 84th minute through Jan Elts. Nice flicked on set piece. Again, Brentford, another key strength, set pieces, and they utilized it here to grab the equalizer. Finishes 1-1. One, one. Points are shared. Overall, I thought it was a pretty fair result. You have two teams who are kind of Similar in they haven't always played the best, but they've always been in the games. Yeah. Uh, Brentford right now kind of feel like a team that's just holding on, not in a bad way, but like they're just 
frisky they're, they're in each game they kind of play to their opponent's level whether it's good or bad yeah um as far as everton they're not that bad and i tweeted this out on they're not that bad they really aren't no it's surprising it they is. but yet their fans are like oh we suck oh, and their players will come out and be like you know it's not ideal these results but the performances and stuff I know you don't want to hear that, but it actually, from an outside, it looks better than what it has the last like year or two. Yeah, from Everton, definitely, definitely. I mean, that's just gonna happen when you have guys like Connor Cody and stuff, which he hasn't even played like that amazing for them, but he's been playing. He's a higher quality than Everton typically have. I think just having his distribution mm-hmm. from out of the back has been huge. Um, Tarkovsky has looked really solid. You're going to eat your words. I am eating my words. He he hasn't put a foot wrong um, so far. Anthony Gordon, the finishing has been there this yep. season. He looks, you know, I'm glad he didn't it's go more, to Chelsea because I don't think he suits Chelsea's system whatsoever. I th- I think he would be fine in terms of being in the Kai Havertz role. It's just you never know what Tuchel's going to do with guys. Um, I don't know. They keep getting nice performances too out of guys like Awobi and stuff and yeah. Patterson will get to the midweek game, but he looked good in that game. <clears throat> yeah, hundred um, percent. Iwobi so, has been like a new player in his new role. If they can get some stuff out of guys like McNeil and stuff, you know, it won't mm-hmm. be too bad, but Yeah. Yeah. Um moving on to the next match. Brighton versus Leeds. Speaking of Brighton, Sanchez, Webster, Dunk, Estupinan, Feltman, Purvis. Is his Purvis. Purvis. <laughs> he is Purvis. Hello, I am Purvis. <laughs> Sully March, McAllister, Trossard, Caicedo, Gross, and Welbeck. For Leeds, Melier, Koch, Llorente, Stroik, Christensen, Aronson, Roca, Harrison, Adams, James, and Rodrigo. The game. Get to my notes here. First half, both sides look pretty bad, if you can believe it. I mean, both teams have played pretty decently so far yeah. this season. Uh, I came into this match thinking it's, it's a pretty interesting matchup. Yes. Two teams who are in pretty good form. Um, Brighton was able to possess the ball more, and their press was really good on Leeds. Leeds were really struggling Kept giving away possession, barely could get past the halfway line. Yeah, I mean, Brighton this year have really, really turned games into defensive battles just yeah. from the offset. Yeah, the the downfall of Brighton was that their their attack was particularly poor this match. Um, one player that stood out as having a off game was Trossard. He had at least a couple chances where it just seemed like, hey, take the shot. But instead, mm-hmm. he'd like cut back and maybe dribble some more, and eventually, too cute, give away the ball, and that was just really frustrating to watch. And Leeds were really struggling to get their offensive players into the game. Jack Harrison was like non-existent. No, or, yeah, that's that's player of the year through match week three. Jack Harrison, do you? Yeah, Rodrigo. Wasn't getting like any service. Yeah, what's what are you gonna do? You gotta feed the hot hand, but if you can't feed him, you mm-hmm. know how's he gonna stay hot? Yeah, and there was there was a little little feistiness in this match as well. Um, went into halftime, nil nil. 
That's the Jesse Marshall lighting a fire under. Yeah, I feel like, like leads are just kind of like they got the dog in them, as, as the kids would <laughs> the say. The dog. The dog. They got the dog in them. Um, goes into halftime, nil-nil. Second half, Brighton open up the half with a great chance through March, but Melier came up with a big save. Brighton started making errors, giving up the ball high up the pitch and are in their own half, I should say. Um, their new left back replacement for Kukurea, who is who is Pervis. Pervis is stupid, not perfect. Pervis. Well, let me tell you, he was not perfect because <laughs> at least two or three times he was just caught on the ball, dilly dallying. How dare you! And gave away possession, but Leeds weren't really able to capitalize on it. Um, Brighton were able to find the first and only goal of the game in the 65th minute with a well worked team play that led to a goal for the man in form pascal gross now player of the year through match week five pascal gross this was this was the game to see who who moves on in the bracket challenge yeah yeah and mr gross moved on Mm -hmm. mr pascal teddy gross after that brighton pretty much just set up shop and defended for the rest of the game to secure all three points big win for brighton as they continue on yeah you know brighton just that team starting off hot building off last year we thought you know lose basuma lose kukurea maybe a step back a little bit not too much but yeah they're still they're still pounding on they even lost your guy neil maupai mm-hmm. who everton still have yet to register <laughs> uh but good performance by them leads bit of a drop off couldn't match the energy of brighton i don't know Brighton are a good uh, matchup for Leeds in terms of being yeah. able to stop Leeds, typically. The thing I liked about Brighton was that they were able to to get the win despite not playing their best mm-hmm. part, you know, in in the attack. Yeah. Specifically. That's where that's their next step. Their their first step was turning losses into draws. Did that last year. Now this mm-hmm. year it's Going to be taking games from that are normally draws, taking those to wins. Yeah. When maybe, you know, the performance isn't the best, but if you grind out the result, yeah, that'll get you far. Speaking of grinding out results, we have Chelsea and Leicester City. <laughs> <laughs> Leicester grinds out losses. <laughs> yeah, dude. They really they make it about as hard on themselves as a team can. The lineups, Mendy, Chalaba, Silva, James, Kukurea, Jorginho, Loftus-Cheek, Mount, Gallagher, Sterling, Havertz for Leicester City. Ward, Justin, Evans, Amarte, Castagna, Barnes, Tielemans, Dewsbury Hall, Pratt, Sumore, Jamie, Vardy. A little mix-up in the midfield there. Yeah, a little mix-up for both teams. Chelsea going 4-4-2 on us out of nowhere. Proper English Tommy Tuchel. Uh, game kind of starts off. Chelsea holding the ball. Leicester sitting back. Nothing too crazy. Chelsea's passing just brutal in this one. I have a note here. Kai Havertz should not be playing. What's the point of having a pressing forward <clears throat> if you're just going to be holding the ball anyways? That's true. Um, apparently was offside and cost Chelsea a penalty because they went back and reviewed the play. Thin margins. There's a lot of VAR thin margins this week. The thinnest the, of margins. All the way around. Gallagher gets a dumb yellow, and then the second yellow, no one talked about this, completely Mark Kukurea's fault. Yes. Just horrible passing decisions puts 
and also Gallagher being the last man back already on a yellow, you could right. have had it been Mount or anyone. It seems like normally you have two guys back. Yeah, not not with proper not, not English Chelsea. football. Not with proper English football, uh, Tommy Tuchel. They to be fair, to though, can you really anticipate that Kukurea would like try to send the ball back in and he'd like shank it backwards in the middle of the field? <laughs> I suppose that's a good point. <laughs> that's a that's a monkey wrench into the thought <laughs> process. Um, Ten versus eleven, not much difference, and this is where I came very concerned with Lester. Mm-hmm. Uh, Harvey Barnes scores goal disallowed. Reese James on a little counterattack. Chelsea's Real first chance since the send-off. Rattles the crossbar. An absolute thunderbolt. Uh, Vardy had a ton of chances this game. Dragged the first one wide. And then right before half, big save by Ben Mendy. Or Ben Mendy. Ed Mendy. Ben Mendy. Not, that man didn't save much. <laughs> he didn't Ooh. even save his life. <laughs> uh, so nil, uh, nil, nil going in the half. Second half, Sterling opens up. A half with the goal, curled, deflected, dipper. That's what we call that goal. Uh, Chelsea counterattack, Sterling hitting the post. But Leicester, more of a threat in this half, forcing a lot more saves out of Mendy. Um, and then, you know, I thought Tiago Silva had an amazing game. I I like to go through, like, each team's, like, uh, like their fan, like, pages and stuff and see what people rated. People had like Loftus Cheek as a nine in this game. I barely noticed him. And then they'll have like Tiago Silva's seven, and he's like the last man back, like 90% of the time, making like sprawling tackles. <laughs> it's like, yeah, okay. Yeah, he's a seven for me. Uh, Chelsea add a second one through a, a ma- an amazing pass by Reese James, drilled straight across the face in that Raheem Sterling tap in. Lester respond. Harvey Barnes. Nice little one-two with Vardy uh, about five minutes after, and it looks like Lester back in it. And the best part about that is the announcer saying that it was vintage Harvey Barnes. <laughs> Made no sense whatsoever. It was a one-two give-go, and he slotted around Mendy. Where it's like, if there is such a thing as vintage Harvey Barnes, it's like an amazing wonder goal. It's not like a normal goal item. Yeah. Um, Iuzi Perez rings the crossbar. Uh, Vardy, two or three chances, including a couple one-on-one chances, but just let Lester down. Um, finishes 2-1. Chelsea grind out the result. Yeah, I mean, for, for Lester's sake in this one, no one besides... I mean, Tielemans was at least fine in this game, but that's second half is kind of when you notice that Chelsea were missing a man because Tielemans would be on the ball, and he was able to just pick out long balls. Mm-hmm. All day. Gallagher wasn't there, so there was space. Um, so he looked pretty good. Harvey Barnes obviously scored, but he didn't do a ton besides that. As far as Chelsea go, Sterling and James, that's about all they got going for him right now in attack. Their defense isn't too bad, but it's a bit leaky. But I'm I'm more concerned about Chelsea's midfield right now. Yeah, I can't argue with that. I mean, last episode I was talking about Gallagher, and you and I have a difference of opinion on the matter. Mm-hmm. I I don't like him in this farther back position. You say you don't mind. Yeah. I think of him more as like a pure 10. 
personally. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's just my thoughts on it. I feel like he, 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 they're not getting the most out of him by they're playing definitely him in that not, position. but they have to have him be there because of N'Golo Conte being injured again. Yeah, that's they, true. They kind of have to plug and play him. Uh, they even when you know Conte was healthy, they're kind of having him in the Kovacic role, so he's bouncing around a couple different roles. He just needs a place to get settled into, yeah. and I, I'm of the opinion that they should drop Havertz and just have Mount as a false nine, and then because they have Mount kind of out wide doing stuff, but like tracking back and stuff. Mm-hmm. Maybe Gallagher there, like it's not like a full on like winger or anything, but. Yeah. Kind of have him, you know, a little bit of press, getting forward. Maybe there would be better, but right now, all I know is Kai Havertz should not be playing. There was a hint of me that I thought, oh, maybe this might be the Connor Gallagher exile. Yeah. He gets the red card, and then they're like, all right, send or him sell off him. To, no, to someone. I don't think they can afford to sell any depth right now. <clears throat> yeah, that's, that's fair, I suppose. And Lester, on the other hand, they have to sell a couple guys because otherwise they're not going to have any money to buy a bunch of guys because they need a bunch of guys. Yeah. Um, obviously, the big move being Fafana to Chelsea. Yep. And they did bring in a replacement. Yeah. A David Luiz lookalike. Yeah, he's sideshow. He's literally sideshow Bob. The his second- is, is his name like Voot? Or Voot, something? Voot. Voot something. I don't remember his last name. Yeah. But I'm glad that the Premier League always should have a guy named Voot. Definitely. I agree. Um, yeah, that, there's not much else to say about that one. Yeah, they do have kind of a, a bloated squad and not able to get rid of Tielemans. No one wants to pay 40 million pounds. Can you believe it for a guy with one year left I on his I contract? I thought I saw something that they would take 25 to 30. <clears throat> but even then. No one wants him. Yeah. No one wants him. You can get him on a free. Exactly. Moving on. To one of the more interesting matches. You better not cover every goal. Of the week. You better not cover every goal. <laughs> I haven't eaten dinner tonight. You better not cover every goal. Uh, we're talking about Liverpool versus Bournemouth. Everyone, if you haven't heard by now, Liverpool won 9 nil. Yeah. <laughs> uh, lineups, Allison, Gomez, Van Dyke, Robertson, TAA, Fabinho, Henderson, Elliot, Firmino, Sala, and Luis Diaz. Let me tell you something about having Trent Alexander-Arnold captain in your fantasy team this week and yes. then immediately getting rid of him and saying thank you. That's because you're a genius. You're like seeing beyond the game. Not really. I had him last year from the start, him and Salah, and that's the only reason I was able to beat you. But See, this year I, I didn't go Salah. I tried to zig, but the problem is I had Holland week one and yeah. then I got rid of him. <laughs> now I had to use my wild card to get Holland back. Oh man, week the week five uh, wild card. <laughs> last last year, I didn't use my wild card until the last week, and I've tried to pick the most ideal matchups. I tried to just load up Tottenham against Norwich. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. As opposed to me, who captained Salah, mm. who got six points. <laughs> me and like seventy percent of everyone else. Yeah. Well, I should have triple captain Bobby for me, no, bro. Like the uh, uh. two people in the planet Earth who are galaxy brains. Yeah, I can't handle that level of genius. Uh, for Bournemouth, Travers, Mepham, Smith, Sanessi, Zamora, Cook, Lerma, Christie, Travenier, Tavenier, I should say, and 
Jaden Anthony and Kiefer Moore. Yeah, that sounds like sounds like a team that's about to get nine nilled. Close your eyes. Find my. Do you really have to? I I summed it up very nicely. I said, "Here's what I said about the game." Liverpool did not take long to open the scoring as Luis Diaz scored on a header with an assist from Bobby Firmino. And that was about three minutes in, maybe even less, two minutes. They added two more excellent goals. Oh, I forgot to preface this. Dare I say most unlucky 9-0 there has been. That's my hot take. Southampton is really about to throw throw fists at you right (laughs) now. I mean, there's like three three contenders up exactly there, so and they're all southampton so that's why they're heated yes they're like hey hey that's our thing <laughs> <laughs> no they're heated at you they're like oh those aren't unlucky but this one is yeah yeah right <laughs> um liverpool added two excellent goals world-class goals from Ar- harvey elliott, Harvey elliott. <laughs> Arvey, <laughs> and trent alexander arnold the, they were just absolute bangers yeah. like you can't even say anything like anytime no. someone scores that you're like okay well done there's nothing we yeah. could have done to stop those goals. And then this is where it gets bad. A terribly unlucky deflection just falls perfectly to Bobby Firmino. I, I believe it was from Tavernier. It yeah. just a Liverpool player kicked the ball and Tavernier was like two feet away, straight at Tavernier. The ball deflects, lands perfectly in his own box. And Firmino's just like, oh, thank you. I'll score. So it's 4-0 at that point. <laughs> and then just before halftime, Van Dyke said, I'm a dunk on you for number five. <laughs> halftime, 5-0. On the other half, other side of the break, Liverpool scored a dubious goal, if I do say so myself. A foul in the buildup and somehow an offside not given <laughs> because he didn't impact the play. Yes, it was an As own in goal. As the ball was played to him. <laughs> but the ball was played to him, so the defender had to make the tackle, and in said tackle, he kicked the ball into his own net. That's How wild. that's not impacting the play, I don't know. Also a foul in the buildup. And then Carvalho scored his first goal for the club. Diaz added one more in the 85th minute to finish 9-0. And we say goodbye to our first manager of the year, Scott Parker, and his cursed cardigan. This is why you can never bet on things like first coach fired. Uh, because sometimes teams just make the strangest decisions. Hans has lost 9-0 twice. <laughs> he's still he's like the third longest tenured Premier League manager. Aston Villa had a historically hard schedule. Villa? You mean Bournemouth? Sorry, Bournemouth, I was yeah. going to say, because they beat Villa yeah. week one. So they won. They got three points in the first match, and then they had to play Arsenal, Man City, and Liverpool. And then you say, okay, we lost all three of those unwinnable games. It's yeah. time to sack Scott Parker, which leads me to believe that they already wanted him sacked. And at that point, why didn't you just sack him in the off season and bring someone new? You weren't it committed doesn't... to Scott Parker. Nothing about it made sense. Uh-uh. Nothing about because it's a nine nil. I don't get. It was unlucky. It. I. I I'm just so confused. You react this harsh at, over one result. Yeah, really. It shouldn't matter if it's nine nil. You should go into the season thinking, yes, we will lose at 
Right. We'll lose against Arsenal. Yeah. We're going to lose against City. What Like, we're going to lose at Anfield. Like, th- I don't get it. It's yeah. just not practical by Bournemouth. Yeah, I mean, for all intensive purposes, you have to say, okay, our season starts week four after those Yeah, those and guess games. what? He got his win week one. You'd be bottom right. of the table if... I I really don't understand. Yeah, really, they were three points ahead of where they should have been. I could think of about, like, four or five managers that should be sacked out of Scott Parker. Very strange decision. So the tale of Scott Parker and his cursed cardigan comes to an end. It was, He'll be back. It was brief. He better be. Um, we still believe in him. Still and, Scott and, Parker fan club over here. Yes, and... But we are Maybe completely out. I'm completely out on Bournemouth. Coming in this year, yeah. we had them 17. They're relegated. Absolutely. They're 20th. Absolutely. Predictions have changed. Yes. They're very fluid. They crossed us. Moving on to the next match. City, Palace, to the lineups. Aderson, Walker, Diaz, Stones, Cancelo, Rodri, De Bruyne, Silva, Maras, Foden, Erling, Holland, my boy Erlings. Sam's guy. Erlings. Sam has J-Lings. I have Erlings. Oh, cursed. Crystal Palace lineup. We have Guaita, Ward, Mitchell, Gehi, Anderson, Klein, Ayu, Etze, Schlupp, Ducore, Edward. Game starts off. Man City sloppy. What's up with Man City being sloppy early? Uh... John Stone. Ederson running after the ball, not getting there, and Cancelo forced <clears throat> to give up a free kick as a result. That free kick leads to an own goal off John Stones. 1-0 inside two minutes for Palace. Man City in control for the next chunk of time, but uh, in control for 15 minutes, but they don't do much with it. They don't do much with it. Palace holds strong. Palace go down, get a corner. Next chance. 2-0, Anderson off the corner. And just like that, Palace are thinking, oh, yeah, here we go again. We're back, baby. We're... Repeat of last season. Yeah, and Man City's thinking, again, these guys, they do it all the time for whatever reason. Those freaking birds, man. <laughs> uh, Crystal Palace still kind of being aggressive, which I was surprised by, more aggressive than normal. Um, And then this was one I saw people complain about. I can't get behind it really and that's as me president of the crystal palace fan club out here mm-hmm. Ederson rolling the ball into edward slash edward like sticking his leg out a bit and crystal palace scored on it Ederson like runs up to edward and rolls it mm-hmm. and it's like he's clearly just trying to prove that edward is like right not hustling and he's just trying to win a free kick but he didn't really stick his leg out that much. Like, if the ref was, like, super blunt and, like, no, Adairson, you're just being a freaking idiot, <laughs> it, it could have gave it to him, but you're never going to get that call realistically. Yeah. So, uh, 2-0 at half, Palace. It, in the driver's seat. In dream world. You're dreaming. You must be dreaming. <laughs> Good that's what, advice. That's what Holland said. He's like, you must be dreaming. <laughs> you must be dreaming if you can th- think you can win 2 new. <laughs> City respond quick into the half on a deflected shot for Bernardo Silva that goes in. Once that happened, the floodgates really opened up. Man City methodically passing the ball. 
uh, with Crystal Palace pinned, creating a bunch of chances. Bernardo Silva really getting forward more this year. Uh, had a good chance that just went wide. And my boy Erlings equalizes on a header from a Foden lofted ball. And it's equalized. And then they have a nice, well-worked goal for the third one come the 70th minute. And the comeback is complete. Three to two. But it isn't until the fourth goal that the true hat-trick is complete for Erling Holland. Amazing strength. Great pass through. Slotted finish. The 19-minute hat-trick. He he is an absolute animal. And the ultimate game-changer. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, he's like a cheat code. He's like super tall, yeah, strong, but also incred- incredibly fast and very technical. Yeah, I mean, a guy with his frame should not be as good as he is. And he's just like a genius knowing where to be at all times in the yeah. box. Yeah. So. So good luck to Premier League managers who have to deal with that guy. <laughs> Dude, Man City feels like a video game boss where it's like you kill him and then yeah. you're like, I killed it. And then it's like, no, you didn't. No. And it, it revives up to full health and you're like, I got to kill it again. But this time yeah. it's like way stronger. It's like, what it's like the armor. heck? It just feels like they can't be beaten. No, no. They got the system. They got the players. I mean, that's why I came in this year. I said they were going to win the league by 10 points, and I, I stand by that. I, they're yeah. insane. And I think that they might have the best team in Europe and they could win the Champions League. I predicted that, but we'll see. Um, that's a whole other animal. A lot more luck-based. True. Than, uh, it's a different competition. Yeah, but, I mean, they just look so good. They look so good in attack. In this game that we'll talk about when they played Forest. I don't know if I've seen Man City pass that well. Their passing in that game was insane. Mm-hmm. Just picking long balls and stuff. So if you're Palace in this one, sure you went up 2-0. It's Man City. You can't be too frustrated that yeah. you let it slip. Yeah. They're too good. They are. So, uh, moving on. Last game of Saturday. Saturday. Arsenal versus Fulham. The afternoon delight premier game. Arsenal, Ramsdale, Tierney, White. Arsenal, Ramsdale. <laughs> Arsenal, Ramsdale. He's like Arsen, Arsen Wenger, you know. Tierney, White, Gabriel, Saliba, Saka, Odegaard, Martinelli, Elneny in for the injured Partey, Granit Xhaka, and Gabby Jesus. The new number 10, Granit Xhaka. <laughs> yeah, true. Mad lad. For Fulham, Leno, Kenny Tete. Very, He's out for a revenge game. Very confident cross arms there. Tosin, Reem, Robinson, Reed, Cabano, Di Cordova, Reed, Pereira, <laughs> Polina, and the big man, Mitrovic, up top. Le big Mac? Le big Mitrovic. Let me tell you about this Arsenal game. Arsenal opened up the match on the front foot, pushing Fulham back into their own half by dominating the possession. Chances for Arsenal were limited, however, to just a couple in the first half. With Granit Xhaka having one that was kind of unexpected for him and everyone else, and he put it wide. And then Saka, who had a good chance, kind of one-on-one with the keeper, but the finishing wasn't there. Not too exciting first half. Uh, Ended nil-nil. Arsenal the better side. 
but weren't really clinical in attack. Second half, Fulham capitalized on a mistake from Arsenal, trying to play out of the back. Saka just throws a ball across his own box to Gabriel, and then Gabriel's like, okay, I'll just get, I'll just dribble out of this. And Mitrovic is like, no. No. Takes the ball. I'm an animal. Scores Fulham in Dream World as they take the 1-0 lead on the road. Arsenal thinking, oh boy, here we go. Mistakes out of the back. Um, after the goal, Fulham focused on setting up shop to re- prevent Arsenal from scoring. They looked really solid defensively. And they were just kind of putting up a wall uh, for each wave of the Arsenal attack that came after them. Arsenal changed the system, brought on Enketia, looked fantastic in his 30 minutes, and they were able to draw level in the 64th minute after Odegaard's long shot took a big deflection, but it found the back of the net. He's hot, and he stays hot. Despite equalizing this change of system, found Arsenal to be somewhat vulnerable. And there were a couple times where Ramsdale had to make some clutch saves. The breakthrough for Arsenal came in the 84th minute from a corner kick. Arsenal players crowded out Burn Leno, knowing his weakness as he used to be one of them. He kind of flailed at the ball, couldn't get the contact on the punch, and then Gabriel poked it in for the winner. 2-1. Arsenal go crazy. Come from behind, limbs. victory, limbs, all three points at home to make it four out of four. Give him the second place trophy. Second Give place trophy. Hey, we'll take it. We'll take it. It's better than the third place trophy. Uh, yeah, I mean, I was impressed by Fulham in this one. It wasn't the best performance, but just able to hang around. If you give yourself a chance, you know. Yeah, I was really impressed. Um Defensively, they look really sound when they just opted for the low block. You got to apologize to Tim Marie. You got a lot of apologies. <clears throat> I thought Cabano was excellent, creating havoc on yeah, the wing. He's, he's solid for I don't know. He's kind of like a midfielder, but also like kind of is like a fullback kind of weird hybrid guy. Yeah. And then Mitrovic. I mean, all you can say is like if the ball's around him. He's got a chance at scoring. Yeah, he's in Fuego right now. He just bullies people. <laughs> yeah, he's the Serbian Timo Puki, as Sam would say. Yeah, if Timo Puki was like 100 pounds heavier. <laughs> yeah. And instead of being Finnish, he was Serbian. Yeah, and had a bunch of tattoos. Yeah. It was a tough win for Arsenal, but they Grinded were able it. to... Uh, that's the stuff Grinded of champions. Yeah. Unfortunately, Man City are the ultimate champions, and there's no way to beat them. So That's second true. place. Now let me ask you this. This has been a point of contention. Some people felt Arsenal shouldn't have celebrated because it was Fulham. What are your thoughts on that? Why wouldn't they celebrate? They just won the game. Exactly. Case closed. People complained about Arsenal uh, celebrating last year, and they had a win against villa down the stretch yeah you know they can't they got to bring arsenal down they can't let arsenal who've been out of the champions league for like seven years just enjoy the fact that they're playing well again yeah i mean anytime you score a 84th minute winner 
how can you not celebrate that? There should be no emotions running through your body or mind. You should be like a robot and say, all right, yeah, we have five minutes left in the game. <laughs> Some people are just so ridiculous, terrible pundits. But Who who was that? I forget who it was. One Keen? Carragher? I don't, I don't think it was Neville? one of the big ones. It was oh. one Gabby Igbonlehor from, speaking of Gabby Igbonlehor, <laughs> Villa. West Ham. Look at Pablo Fornells. <laughs> Go back to that picture. Look at him. Oh, yeah! <laughs> Euphoric. All right. To the lineups. Provilla, Martinez, Cash, Consa, Chambers, Digne, Douglas, Louise, McGinn, Coutinho, Kamara, Ings, and Watkins. You know what that sounds like? A team that should have more than, like, two points this year. Yeah, it does. It does. It's not a bad lineup. For West Ham, Fabianski, Cresswell, Zuma, Carrer, Johnson, Fornals, Suchek, Emerson, Chelsea Legend, yeah. Declan Rice, Skamaka, and Jared Bowen. A lot of Italians in West Ham now. What's going on uh, there? Mamma mia. I mean they got DeCanio, the ultimate Italian. Now they got these they got these two gabagools. <laughs> a little too Italian if you know what I mean. <laughs> It's too Italian. <laughs> <laughs> to the match. Villa opened up the match by controlling the possession and were able to maintain that through most of the half. Uh, they struggled to break down West Ham's new look system of a back three, dropping into a back five at times. Uh, their best chance of the half came through a well-worked corner kick routine that was disallowed because the ball went out of play. Yeah, that was brutal. On the corner kick. <laughs> Unlucky. Um, yeah, first half was really just kind of poor, uh, especially for West Ham. Didn't have that much of the ball. Neither side looked really threatening in attack at all. I mean, Villa have their moments where they look okay, but it's like once they get to the box, they kind of run out of ideas and don't know what to do. And they're super narrow because they don't play with, like, wingers. They just are like, okay, we're all going to stand within the width of the 18-yard box. And then there's no space. so. Well, that's the thing. Villa like to play wide when they're approaching the defensive third for the opponents. And then once mm-hmm. they get there, it's just all north and south. There's no east or west. It's like they leave the space open in case like Coutinho or you know Leon Bailey need to use it. But but it doesn't. I don't know. It doesn't happen. Or, or they have to drop it back for Cash or Dinier to swing balls in. I feel like the concept of Villa isn't that hard to understand with their squad. You know, their fullbacks will get up, and they should have either McGinn or Luis or Kamara kind of working as pivots to cover. It really shouldn't be that hard. Mm-hmm. I don't know how they make it this hard on themselves. Yeah. And they have some guys who can win headers in the box and Ings and Watkins. Not like right. amazing, you know, headers of the ball or anything, but guys who in their time have been able to win headers. Yeah. And I think Villa's system works best when the fullbacks are getting on the ball high up the pitch. And in this one, I mean, their fullbacks most of the time weren't joining the attack. It was just kind of like an isolated, you know, throw the ball up long and hope someone can get onto the second ball but i i think villa if they really comes down to it i think their best formation would be a 4-4-2 where you are going with uh 
fairly defensive-minded midfield that allows either, probably not begin that much, but mainly Kamara or Douglas Luiz to drop back as the pivot so you can get those fullbacks further forward. Um, because it just feels like having attack-minded fullbacks and having Leon Bailey doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. I think I'd say three five two, but I don't think they have the center back depth. No, to, they don't. They do absolutely it. do not, especially with Diego Carlos out now. Yeah. Anyways, going on to the second half, West Ham opened the second half with an uptick of energy as they switched to a back four, kind of going away from their new system, brought on Ben Rama for an additional attacker, and they broke the deadlock in the 74th minute as Fornal's long-range effort took a big deflection from Kansa found its way into the back of the net for the first goal of the season for West Ham. Congratulations. Pretty brutal. <laughs> it was great because it won me money. Yes. Um, Villa responded by making attacking substitutions in search of an equalizer, but West Ham's defense held strong to earn their first three points of the campaign. By but far... West Ham, I knew you could come through. Definitely not a convincing performance from West Ham, but... You know, they were, like, last place, so a win's a win, I suppose. It feels like everything's going against Villa right now in terms of um, they bring it on themselves, but everyone kind of piling pressure on and stuff. It feels like it's kind of crumbling. West Ham, for whatever reason, even though they haven't played well, they haven't played bad, but they haven't played as well as they had last year. It it feels like it's just a matter of time before it turns yeah. for them, and it's kind of turning a bit. We'll get to their other game this week, but um, they're definitely playing a little better. I feel like there was a lot of bad luck, especially that Nottingham Forest game. That was about as bad luck, Brian, as you can get of yeah. a performance. <laughs> that was that was like a classic newly promoted team at home. Goalkeeper stands on their head, and you have like but three like, shots even, hit off the post. Yeah, that that's the main thing is they went bar down twice, and yeah. they both stayed out. See the like, post, dude. <laughs> What what is happening to the post? The post someone's like changed they're the, putting the, some, the poles on the post. Yeah, I was gonna say they're putting some kind of chemicals in the ball that the polarity uh-huh. of the ball yes. will bounce at a certain trajectory and mm-hmm. it stays out rather than in. Right. There's there's magnets or something. Yep, exactly. Yeah. The solar wind pocket it, it, of field. <laughs> the, so, the thermal the thermal wind flare hits off the goal, the white paint, deflecting the visible spectrum of light and deflects the they ball. They sure when Williams paint of, as opposed to Valspar. Valspar paint on the post. Eggshell, yeah. Moving yeah. on. <laughs> Wolves, Newcastle, talk about it. But I digress. <laughs> but you ain't ready for that conversation. <laughs> You're not ready to take the, uh, the red pill, as the kids would say. Talking about a red pill. We're talking about red pill FC Newcastle out here. Uh, Wolves, we got Saw, Nathan Collins, Johnny Otto, Nelson Semedo, Max Killman, Ruben Neves, Matias Nunes, Joao Moutinho, Pedro Neto, Raul Jimenez, and Gonzalo Guedes. Great Portuguese. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Nick Pope, very Portuguese. Kieran Trippier, Sven Botman. Fabian Scher, Dan Byrne, Jolinton, Willock, Longstaff, Shea Maximan, Chris Wood, and Miguel Almiron. Uh, 
Newcastle attacking early in this one. Um, they work out a mad scramble that results in a Joe Willick shot, but it goes wide. Uh, there's a shirt pull on Longstaff, which some question about it. I don't think it should have been given. Um, Wolves this year, they, they're in love with turning the ball over for no reason when building out of the back. They, they like, get off on it. <laughs> it makes no sense. It's like sometimes you just have to clear the ball. You just have to hoof it out of bounds. That is true. And they're like, actually, you know what? I'm in my six-yard box. Let me dribble out real quick. <laughs> and it's like, no. Um, Wolves come alive around 25 minutes or so. Uh, Nunez with a great chance. Can't get the head or on target. Um, Wolves possess for the next 10 minutes or so. Out of nowhere. Ruben Neves, banger. What else is new? He's playing amazing this year. I thought he would have a Tielemans kind of drop off because he just like is like I want to get out of here, but yeah, he's like playing hard to keep up his value. Yeah, like on one hand, it's surprising that no teams kind of worrying after him, but on the other hand, it's like he'd probably cost so much it doesn't matter. What do you think, fifty? They probably originally asked for like sixty, sixty-five, but I think you get away with like, I think you can get away with like fifty, fifty-five. But I think sixty. You just have to be the right team calling. That's true. They're not going to sell to, you know, a team like Arsenal that celebrates beating Fulham. That's true. Uh, second half. Early VAR check for a red. Uh, Fabian Scher right above the ankle with studs up. It was an orange for me. I got to be honest. Don't know if you'd send him off there. It's kind of far out, mm-hmm. and it wasn't super high up the leg, but the studs were up, so I could I could get the uh, point. Yeah. Trying to make Nathaniel Collins almost own goals from a Newcastle cross. Um, Newcastle just played a lot better this half in possession. I like how you called him Nathaniel. Yeah. What else do you call him? Nathan. <laughs> Nathan. No, Nathaniel. We keep it classy. <laughs> You're serious. Yeah. Uh. Newcastle a lot better this half, um, just in terms of possession and kind of going forward, holding the ball. Also, part of that's just Wolves kind of trying to, you know, hold on to what they had. Um, with that said, Wolves counterattack chances they they like to do that this year. Mm-hmm. Um, Neto good chance, Pope saves. Um, but after you know sixty five minutes on, it was it was all Newcastle. Boltman had a good chance to head it. Um, but, you know, there was one good Wolves chance to seal it with a three-on-one, and Raul scores, but he's off. And he even did the pirate eye patch celebration and everything. <sighs> Unlucky, mate. And after that, you knew Newcastle were going to come down and score. And what, uh, who is it? Say Maxi, man. I'm oh, doing. <laughs> what, what a goal. Absolute perfect volley. But you have to question what Huang He Chan was doing with that clearance. Clearing it from like the far left corner of the box all the way to like the right corner of the box. Brutal. Never do that ever. Across the box clearances. <laughs> yeah, what is going through your mind, sir? Oh. <laughs> Brutal. Finishes. One one. Solid result for Newcastle. Wolves may never win a game. I'm convinced. Yeah, they're just it's gonna get, they're just gonna get so many draws and it, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. They are set up to draw games. Yeah, they truly are. Um, the last match of the week, 
We have Nottingham Forest. Sorry. uh, Tottenham Hotspur. Got a little ahead of myself. (laughs) Well, you know, I remember the lineups off the top of my head perfectly. I don't even know where. You're going, you're so far ahead. No, I'm right here. You're so far ahead. So far. So far. You're so far. You're a freaking hoser, man. You're so far ahead, you don't even know. You're a hoser. (laughs) I'm going to take you to the hockey pond. This is now a Canadian Premier League podcast. So I was watching the Vancouver uh, Forest over here, and, and we had old Joe Worrell slinging the puck around. Dean Henderson, Steve Cook, Joe Worrell, Scott McKenna, Nico Williams, Lewis O'Brien, Harry Tofolo, Ryan Yates, Morgan Gibbs White, the 50-pound man. The 50-pound? Yeah. yeah 50, that's, 50, that's a pretty yeah, good a bargain. Good, well, 50 pounds is, you know. Cheeky 50 quid. He's pretty light. <laughs> uh, Jesse Lingard, Jay Lings. Jaylings. Brennan Johnson. You know Jaylings is 29. Yeah. <laughs> he acts like he's 18. Yeah. <laughs> it's the TikToks. Um, for Tottenham, Lloris, Davison, Sanchez, Eric Dyer, Ben Davies, Pierre Miel, Hoiberg, Emerson Royale, Ivan Perisic, Rodrigo Betancourt, Hengman Son, Harry Kane, Dejan Kulashevsky. To the, to the, to the to, game. To the, the lineups line again. One more time. If you get tired a long day at work, that's, that's, <laughs> the, that's the ultimate. My mind is fried. Um, This one, Nottingham Forest, they might just have like high energy this entire season. They might just at home games. At home. Yeah. Asterix. <laughs> yes, at home. Um, they The crowd was roaring. The players were just pressing out of their minds. Tottenham was pinned in. Um, with that said, Tottenham finally break the press about six minutes in and score on their very first chance because that's what Tottenham do. Great run by Kulishevsky and a great pass as well to Harry Kane. Can't be understated how amazing Kulishevsky's been for them since they got him. Uh, after that goal, Forrest creating the chances and holding the ball. I, I can't believe Tottenham are so shameless that they'll sit back against Nottingham Forest. Ugh. Um, that is rough. Tottenham counterattack and Harry Kane one on one, but a great Joe Worrell tackle saves the effort from even being put on net. Hyungmin's son been struggling this year. Had a chance go high over the bar. Um, Tottenham having to pack the box and block shots against Nottingham Forest is what it got to before the end of the first half. That parking is... the bus against Nottingham Forest. That is not okay. But this is what we're talking about, you know, United. It's they grind out wins and we're like, oh, you know, I feel like if any other team does this out of like the big six, they'll they'll just get like lambasted for it. Yeah. But since it's Tottenham, they kinda are like off the side. I don't think City would get blamed that much if they did this. But they would never be in a position to where they'd have to park the bus. Yeah, that that that's just weird to think about. Um, Nottingham Forest big counterattack chance, but Lloris clears it. So it goes to halftime one nil. Second half, pen for Tottenham. Another handball by Nottingham Forest. Tactical handballs by Nottingham <laughs> Forest. Uh, big save for Dean Henderson. The hats off, Selly. Let's go. Cry- hyping up the crowd with the hat off, waving it around. Nico Williams, massive chance. He's been good for them this year so far, but yeah. Um, he was not able to take that 
volley chance. Uh, Tottenham dangerous on the counter, so much space, but really, really can't take advantage through 70 minutes. But eventually, with about 10, 15 minutes to spare, uh, Tottenham finally get a second on the counter attack. Nottingham Forest just gave up. I don't know what other way to describe it, but Harry Kane was wide open by himself. Heads it in for the brace. 2-0 Tottenham. Tottenham well on their way to grinding a second, <laughs> potentially third-place finish out yeah. this season. I don't know what to tell you. They're doing I, it, and I, it's not pretty. I knew this is how their season would go. They're just They're not great, but they do just enough kind of like liverpool last year except liverpool at least you know played an entertaining style yeah yeah that's the end of match week four sure is match week five our first midweek games of the how season how about that we start off palace brentford the other lineups guaita ward gay anderson klein olise etze Zaha, Schlupp, Ducore, and Mateta getting the start over Edward. Um, for Brentford, we have Raya, Hickey, Henry, me, Zanka, Zanka, Jensen, Baptiste, Piano, Tony, Abuemo, Keen Lewis Potter start. Get in. He got that assist last week, and Thomas Frank's like, I see you, young fella. Yes. Here comes the start. Um, Brentford possessing in this game. Crystal Palace, very reminiscent of last year. Anytime they get the ball, they're just trying to go fast. They're just trying to run right at you. You'll love to see it. Um, both defenses doing a good job closing space uh, really, really fast in the final third. So a lot of times the attacking was able to push through the midfield and stuff, but once it got to each team's defense or final third, not much, not much the attack could do because the defense was swarming in this one. Second half. Tough, physical game. People putting bodies on bodies all over the pitch. Um, Brentford struggling to get it out of their end at times, especially this half. Um, and we get a goal. Assist for the new man, Ducore, but it's Crystal Palace's man, who is rumored with a potential move away in the final day, but he stays, and it's massive for Palace. Wilfred Zaha what a goal it just wouldn't be right to see him play for any other team at this point yeah well he grew up a palace lad he went away united tried that didn't work out he's like i'm just gonna stick at palace you know what they've done right by him he's done right by them true um so it's one nil palace after that it's very much like the first half kind of back and forth action uh elise a good chance at 75 minutes to steal it at, to seal it after a good tackle was won uh, and the run from the halfway line of the Brentford box all by himself but unable to do so and then Ben Mee almost equalized on a side volley from this inside the six yard box it went probably a good like half a foot over the crossbar but it, it would have been something if he would have hit it then out of nothing Brentford Go and grab a point. It's that man, Wisa, the clutchest man alive. Heads a deflected ball. Uh, it, it was just crazy. He's got like a FIFA boost. It's like last 15 minutes of clutchest the game. Clutchest man alive. Clutch trait. Yes. Plus $10 skills. Then a bunch of bunch of chances in the last like 
four or five minutes. Uh, Zaha had a great chance and added time on the counterattack. Enrico Henry had one as well. But the ultimate chance at the end was Ben Mee off the crossbar at the death. Goal scorer Ben Mee? Unfortunately not. 1-1 it finishes. Solid game. This had the potential to be the first ever meeting between two clubs where the first three Premier League matches end up nil-nil coming into this one. last match, The last two matches last year, both nil-nil. This one had a chance. Got to halftime nil-nil. So then their next match is going to be 1-1, and then they go 2-2, 2-2, 3-3, 3-3. Yeah, eventually we'll reach going the double 4-4s, four and then one of them will be relegated, surely. Surely. Um, yeah. Good game, good performance for Palace. Again, Brentford churning losses into draws. That's why I surprised that Fulham game they weren't able to hold on. But yeah. Speaking of Fulham, uh oh, Fulham versus Brighton. Can anyone stop Brighton? They're too hot. Can anyone stop Fulham? It's the movable, the unstoppable uh, force versus the movable object. Craven Cottage, Fulham versus Brighton and Hove Albion. Yes. Lineups, Leno, Tete, Tosin, Reem, Robinson, Reed, Cabana, Cordova-Reed, Pereira, Polina. De Cordova-Reed to you. Mitrovic, so, you know, they're the same lineup that they roll. Maybe they're the new West Ham. Maybe. A team that just has, like, zero depth, and they're like, whatever. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Don't need depth when well, you only play 11 players. When you have Mitrovic, when you got Serbs. They've been to the Tom Thibodeau school of Yeah, you just run your rotation. team ragged. <laughs> Run your team ragged. Uh, for Brighton, Sanchez, Webster, Dunk, Veltman, March, Mwepu, McAllister, Caicedo, Pervis, Estupinan, Trossard, and Gross. Into the match. Not much to separate the sides after the first half. The only chance of the game coming early from a corner for Fulham. Neither team created any chances. And they need to be better in the second half. It was just not a good, not a good to have. It was one of yeah, those I midweek mean, games where it just the best chance is like Solly March and he hits it like a whole foot and a half wide of the post, and yeah. you're like, okay, yeah, right, what I just watch nothing, okay, pretty much. Second half, Fulham don't take very long to score in the second half. They they scored shortly after a corner. Cabano playing a nice ball across to who else? Other than Mitrovic, I mean, the guy can not stop scoring. He's an animal. Um, I thought De Cordova Reed impacted the play from an offside position, but nothing was given. Yeah, I thought that too, but what can you do when you're full? And you get those calls at Craven Cottage. Apparently those aren't called anymore. They were called for like two games. Um, yeah. Less than 10 minutes later, a poor giveaway from Estupinan again. Badavis. In midfield led to a Fulham counterattack that ended in Pereira's pass being put into the back of the net by Not Lewis much Dunk. a Lewis Dunk could do on that one. No, it was tough position. Yep. And just a couple minutes later, Brighton was awarded a penalty after a VAR review showed Bobby D. Cordova read. He took a good whack at him. Kicking a stupid on in the box. I mean, he had no idea that he was there, <laughs> but he did. he did kick him very hard. Bobby Reed was winding up, and then Pervis quickly scampered right in front of him. Yes. And he took that kick right to the back of his leg and went, ah! <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I Taking one for the still. team. Uh, McAllister steps up, converts the pen. That that man, 
scores He's all a, He might be the new pen merchant. <laughs> True. Brighton made three attacking subs, but Fulham was able to hold them off for the final 20 minutes to secure all three points. Unbelievable. Fulham, wow. What a club. Who would have thought? They can Not even us. be Brighton. Not us. Brighton, who are just on fire, but Fulham is on fire. Er. Craving Cottage is OP. The Cottage is OP. It possesses magical powers. On to the next game. South oh, Hank yes, the Hank Darby. Chelsea. Look at look at Hans right now. What is he doing with his, his one hand? He's making like a grabbing. I don't want to be a chicken. I don't want to be a duck. You should get Adam Armstrong's hair. <laughs> the straight down. Yeah. To the lineups. We could click it. Yep, there we go. Bizu- yeah, I thought I was click. My- Bizunu, Walker Peters, Perot, Salisu, bottle of ketchup, who I did not know is German. Yeah. I just realized that now. We're like four games in. Ward Prowse, Adam Armstrong, El Nuesi, Diallo, Lavia, Shea Adams. For Chelsea, Ed Mendy, not to be confused with Ben Mendy. <laughs> uh, Tiago Silva, Koulibaly, Dave, Kukurea, Jorginho, Loftus-Cheek, Mount, Ziyech, Sterling, and Havertz. So some rotation out of Chelsea. No Reese James. He's sick. Did not make the trip. And to the game. Back and forth early, but Southampton looking the better side. Chelsea, counter check chance on 15, but scuffed by none other than Hakim Ziyech, who might be the ultimate, like, has to play, or he's just, like, brutally terrible. Like, he has to be in form, or it's he's, like, unplayable. Uh, Chelsea look dangerous once their link-up play is going, and they finally get it going. Raheem Sterling gets a goal through some solid build-up play. Somehow Mason Mount didn't get an assist on it, but what are you going to do? Raheem Sterling tucks away 1-0 in Southampton. They're the comeback kids. This is why I was surprised that they didn't come back against United, but I feel like they're more unlucky than anything not to. They tried. Yes. Uh, So they're coming back, definitely looking strong in attack. Another note here, Sam, Adam Armstrong, he looks good. Hey, I was a day one Adam Armstrong. We were both. We're. I mean, I'm all in on Southampton. I think they're the club of the future. You That's know? true. You're, you were day one Southampton. <laughs> uh, Chelsea can see the corner. Club of the future, by the way. <laughs> I need a T-shirt. Southampton, club, club of the, the future. future. Uh, Chelsea can see the corner. Just poor. This is what happens with Chelsea for whatever reason. It's like one thing goes wrong and they like crap all over themselves. Dave puts it out, could have passed it back to Mendy and just hoof it downfield, puts it out for a corner. And then off the ensuing corner, Dave cannot clear the ball very well, falls to Lavia, rockets it far post, 1-1, and Southampton's comeback is on. Um, And then right before half, Southampton, amazing dribbling and passing sequence. Poor levels of defense from Chelsea. There's, the gap between their defense and midfield was so massive. Adam Armstrong able to find perfect amount of space about 10 yards out in the box. Slots it. Slight deflection, but it was on target anyways. 2-1 Southampton right before the half. Second half. Kukurea goal line block on El Nuesi as Southampton almost add a third. Chelsea get more into the game as the half goes on. Kai Havertz, free header, 65th minute, and puts it 
about a foot over the bar. Another goal line clearance this time by Tiago Silva on Southampton. Nice little flick as it's going in. Um, and it just felt like a lot of Chelsea's attack was either Raheem Sterling or nothing, which makes sense because normally it's Sterling or James or nothing. Um, scramble at the end for Chelsea, but Southampton clear it, hold strong, get the three points. Massive win for Southampton. More points dropped for Chelsea. Oh, man. And it's funny, too, because there's been talks about, like, oh, yeah, we're thinking about renewing Tuchel's contract. See, this is what I was thinking about, and I wanted to pose this to you as an Arsenal supporter. Would you rather have it to where they have structure and they say, you know, we believe in our manager and we're going to spend a ton for him, even if it's ridiculous amounts, Mm -hmm. because he asked for it. Mm-hmm. Or would you have, because I was reading this this week, would you rather have Tuchel sacked and you just bring in another manager, plug and play, Abramovich style pretty much, where you're like, we'll spend crazy money once in a while, but not all the time. And if you can't get the job done to meet our expectations, you're out. Because I read this week that a guy close to Chelsea who has ties to Abramovich still says that Abramovich would have sacked Tuchel by the summer, this past summer. Doesn't surprise me. Um, I think I'm of the opinion, like, if you have a manager that you don't believe in enough that you are willing to back him financially, why is he still at the club? But that's the thing is this new ownership, they do believe in Tuchel. Yeah. But a guy like Abramovich who had success with Chelsea and stuff. Right. Clearly didn't have yeah. faith in him. And I'm saying... I'm saying if you do believe in him, then I got no problem with you backing yeah. him in the transfer window because you should. Yeah. I think I think Chelsea's so used to having it this style and having so much success that way that it's kind of like it's alarming and kind of concerning to be like, oh, we're putting faith in this guy and Tuchel. Are we sure? Because they never have that. You just find a different world-class manager and they're like, they're like oh, right. they can patch it together. Right, which isn't a very sustainable method. Well, you say that, but Chelsea has a couple Europa Leagues, a couple Champions Leagues, a couple Premier Leagues in the last decade, a couple FA Cups. You make a good point. Yes, <laughs> yes, that is true. That is true. But but things are changing. It's it's Chelsea's really like if Watford like could actually get stuff right. <laughs> or Watford, Watford had Watford's, a lot of money. Watford's like the Skid Row version of Chelsea realistically yeah. they're just like yeah we'll just sack this guy and bring in a new guy they're like they're like chelsea on meth <laughs> yeah the skid row <laughs> version they're a homeless version of chelsea they're like we won't just <laughs> sack our manager we're going to sack our manager four times in a season yes they're like let's ramp it up even more more sacking. Yes. <laughs> but i just thought that was interesting because i mean that's all chelsea's known for yeah the entire time that they've been super super successful yeah, it's win or see you later. Yeah. But things are things are different now. It's not it's Todd it's Todd Bowley's time. Now you got Todd Bowley coming in here signing guys to seven year long contracts. contracts. That's a smart decision. Smart decision. <laughs> Great idea. I mean, you look at Chelsea, they've never been known to have mm-hmm. guys who just are shitters like a leech of on the club and don't yeah. do anything and you can't get rid of them. Just shitter. That's of never transfer. happened. No. No. Never. Imagine if they sign like Bakayoko to a seven-year deal. <laughs> exactly. That that's my thought process. Is like Todd Bowley. You think you can just come in 
and Americanize the Premier League, start giving people seven-year contracts. Yeah. Well, guess what? Enjoy Bakayoko on seven years. Yeah, well. That'll you know, be the last on, time you hand out a seven-year contract. It might be Fafana this you, go you, around. You can't just you just you can't just like cut a guy like in the NFL and be like, okay, bye. Yeah. You're stuck with you're stuck with the guy, and you have to figure out. We're talking about they're they're doing buyouts for Ross Barkley and uh, who else this week? They bought someone else out. Yeah, with one year left on the contract. Yeah, well, Todd Bowley, you know, he throws money around like a madman, apparently. Yeah, and the transfers have been a little. That's yeah. Little zany. Yeah. Little zany. You could see why a man of my stature and caliber would prefer something like Abramovich more than oh, what's going on. I already can't stand Todd Bowley. <laughs> the way he talks, the way he acts. I've never heard him. I'm more so saying in like the content of his words, not his words themselves. I think he, gosh, there was something that really Well, he owns the Dodgers. Me. And so, I, I know you hate the Dodgers. Well, this is also true. This might be a conversation for a different podcast. That's true. We got let's, a lot yeah, of games. Yeah, let's let's move on. All right, next game: Leeds versus Everton, two teams of chaos. <laughs> Lineups: Melia, Cook, Urente. Chaos FC one. Chaos FC two. True. Christensen, Aronson, Roca, Harrison, Adams, Sinisteric in the start, and Rodrigo. For Everton, Pickford, Tarkovsky, Patterson, Mikolenko, Cody, Onana, Iwobi, Tom Davies. The man just keeps getting started. Dwight McNeil. Is he like Frank Lampard's long-lost son, or what's going I, on there? I think so. I think so. Uh, Anthony Gordon and Damari Gray. It'd be funny if he came back one year and like they gave someone else like his kit number, so he came back like number like 43 or something <laughs> like that. They're like, yeah, we had to move you down in the ranks, and we let someone else take 26. It kind and, of felt like that's where he'd be at this point. It seemed like he was on the outside looking in, but apparently he's like I'm first surprised name he's on not the team at sheet. Like Sheffield or West Brom or something. Yeah, yeah, true. Leeds started the game well, dominating the possession through the first 15 minutes. But it was Everton who scored the first goal through some nice link-up play between Gordon, McNeil, and Iwobi, leading to a goal from the 110 million-pound man. His Anthony price Gordon. keeps going up. <laughs> The price just got 10 mil higher. <laughs> uh, poor defending from Diego Urente. You know, we haven't said that much this year about Leeds' defense. That's true. It's been not bad. It's been bad. better. Not bad. Yeah, compared to what it was. Leeds continue to push hard for the equalizer in the first half. Although part of that, real quick, yes, is having a guy like Tyler Adams in there versus uh, Mr. Forshaw. 100%. Um, Leeds were pushing for the equalizer in the first half, but unable to create many chances. Everton frustrated Leeds, especially Pickford. He was taking his sweet time. Yeah, on the goal. Kicks. Oh, this this whole this whole time wasting conversation this week has got me triggered. People acting like it's a new thing. Yes, like teams haven't been unironically time wasting in the first half for like as long as we've watched the Premier League. Yes, we'll get to that with Liverpool and Newcastle. Yeah, and Emmy Martinez goes into halftime one nil. Everton lead a little, little bit of a feisty affair again. I mean, we're talking about Leeds. Every game is feisty. We all love Leeds. We all love Leeds. They opened up some the second half with a couple of great chances for Aronson and Harrison, but neither can find the back of the net. The Suns. Finally, in the 55th minute, Leeds get their goal through Sinistera, kind of takes a pop shot from outside the box, catches uh, Pickford 
off guard and he can't get to it perfectly placed i like him i think he i still feel like he could be the rafinha maybe not this year quite yet but like mm-hmm. when he develops i feel like he could be of that tier now we don't rate rafinha's eyes other people so some people would think that's like crazy but i think he could be like a really solid creative wing guy that creates like 10 to 15 goals a year for a premier league team mm-hmm. tensions boiled over and gordon and christensen Go head-to-head with one another. You want to go against the blonde bombshell, Mr. <laughs> Christensen, after you got clocked in the head by Jose Saw week one? I think you're not even... I don't even think you're comprehending what you're doing right now. There was a little dust-up between the benches, as always, with Jesse Marsh. Yeah, the American aggression. <laughs> the alpha America aggression. Triple A. Yes. Uh, despite having little of the ball, it was Everton who had the better chances of scoring. Gray thought he scored in the 66th minute, but it was just offside, and Onana nearly scored after a scramble in the box, but Christensen made a vital block. Your guy, Onana. Patterson had the chance to get the winner, but, uh, you know, fullback yeah. on the breakaway. <laughs> Doesn't always work out. No. Didn't there. Ends 1-1. Points are shared. High energy match, very entertaining one to watch. If this was last season, this match probably would have been god awful. Yeah, no, I I'm telling you, Everton are not that bad to watch. I can't believe I'm saying it. They are. People act like they're still really shit. It's kind of like how people like were just not aware of Stevie G being bad, and then it like got to the point where people are like, oh, look at this guy, and it's like, yeah, anyone with a fucking brain seen that for a while now. Yeah. Now with Everton, people are still like, oh, Everton suck. It's like they're not that that bad. bad. They're not that bad. They just needed to get rid of Richarlison, apparently. Yeah, zig and zag, Mm -hmm. and we're zagging for Everton. Everton. This is your redemption arc. Back this club. <laughs> club of the future. <laughs> club, club of the future. Oh. Certified. Oh, shit. But oh. yeah, it was a fun match. Both teams are, are playing with some good energy. Yeah. Um, Leeds, I like what they're they're cooking. Loaning out Dan James to Fulham. They that, have any other notable That moves? made me sad. What do you mean? He's going to Craven Cottage. He's going to find his form. It just makes me sad that Dan James keeps falling to teams lower and lower in the table. Yeah. I like Dan I, James. Yeah, I just don't think he's very good, unfortunately. That's how it is. It pains me. Uh, I think he's good in the right kind of like a niche system Okay. that he wasn't used at Leeds. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Player of the future? No. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. What's the next match? And moving on to the next match... We got, oh, this was the match of the week. If you go on NBC Sports to watch the highlights of this, it has it as the the video is eight minutes long, and it takes about three minutes to get into the actual game. <laughs> oh, boy, you believe me, because I watched this match. Uh, lineups, Neto in net. Yeah. The Brazilian, the former... The Barca man himself. Yeah, Barca and Juventus man himself. And Bournemouth. What are you going to do? I like Mark Travers myself. I do too. I mean, I don't know why you got to bench him. It wasn't his fault. You got stunt on him. This new manager had to make an this impact. This interim mad- manager... What's his name? He looks like a weasel. Does it say... It doesn't. It doesn't Whatever. Say. We'll look it up later. It doesn't matter. But the funny thing, they said, this guy has never taken charge of 
any senior match. Nice. Not or not even like academy. <laughs> nothing. He the most he was like an assistant for like an under eighteen match or something. This is a Ted it's Lasso like all right, throw this guy in there. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. No, that's wild. Um. Yeah, we'll get to it at the end of the game, but I'll I'll let you run through everything. Kelly Meffham. Smith, Zamora, Cook, Lerma, Christie, Tavernier, Solanke, Phil Billing. Drop my guy, Kiefer Moore, who's like the hardest working player on the team. Phil Billing has to be in there, but... Uh, Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. I think uh, you probably get away with no Lewis Cook. Yeah. Working Christie back in the side. We'll see. I like Christie, too. He's solid. For Wolves, Saw, Collins, Nathaniel Collins at that. No. Johnny, Johnny Otto. Tomato, Kilman, Neves, Nunes, Moutinho, Neto. What is that picture of Joao Moutinho? They have a stock photo. He's walking, walking off the field. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got Neto, so this is the Neto Derby. Oh, no. Jimenez and Guedes. Gonzalo Guedes. I, I've learned from you. Mm, Guedes. Bruno Fernandes. Um, wolves, once again, finding themselves in a familiar situation where... They dominate the possession, but have like zero focal point in attack. Hey, man, they hit the crossbar. They did hit the crossbar through Nunes, and then Neto had a chance. Um, the winger Neto, not the goalkeeper yes. Neto. Unable to find the back of net. Bournemouth didn't look that bad, and I don't think Bournemouth are that bad, and I don't think Scott Parker should have been sacked. Yeah. Like, they, they had good energy going forward. No, and I was like, I kind of, I kind of enjoy this. This is. Fun. I just, I just hate the fact they got rid of our guy. They and have, I can't forgive him. They, I, I can't either. It just feels like, what could have been? Like, why did you have to do that so soon? There's no reason to. Doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense. Um, halftime nil nil. Second half, Bournemouth starting off the second half brightly, but failed to create any real chances. Wolves mounted a late push to take all. Three points with chances coming from Jimenez on a one-on-one on one with the keeper and Podence with a diving header that was cleared off the line. Bournemouth, pick up a point. That Jimenez one was brutal. And Wolves, draw again. That is a pretty rough draw for Wolves, you yeah. got to say. Yeah, I mean, Bournemouth clearly have, they have a manager with no experience, and they have, they're down in the dumps after losing 9-0. And you come out here, and you lay an absolute stinker out there. The only guy that I, looks good for me right now at the moment for quite a actually isn't that bad. Uh, but the only guy that really looks good right now for Wolves is Neves for me. Um, everyone else I could take or leave. I was going to say that Nunes has, has shown flashes. Yeah. He's fine. We'll He's see. fine. He's, He's got to be better. Okay. okay, okay. Harsh critic 50, out here. 50 million pounds. That is, it's true. It's true. True. It's they early. pretty much swapped him for Gibbs White. <laughs> yeah, but we'll yeah, no, it is early. Time. He'll, he'll. I'm sure he'll get better as this early season days. goes along. But I at least like their midfield dynamic a little more than last year. It feels more sustainable because you're not nearly as reliant on Joao Montinho. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. You know, maybe there's oh, something. This, this is what I was gonna say about this one before I let you talk. Yes, the announcers like crapping their pants that Bournemouth kept a clean sheet in this game. Like first off, they're not completely like brain dead terrible. Yeah. 
second half. You're playing Wolves. Like, they're notorious <laughs> they for not score. scoring. What are you talking about? True. They're like, have Bournemouth respond by coming out and keeping a clean sheet. It's, I was like, what? Yeah. I was like, yeah? Is that that crazy against Wolves? I, I don't know. What were you going to say? I was just going to say, I I like this team. It's they're they're overmatched. Obviously, they're yeah. they're not long for the Premier League. But I enjoy watching them. It's a shame they had to sack Scott Parker because it was completely unwarranted. They're not worthy of the Premier League. They're worthy of getting 18th and missing, staying up by like a point now. I I still have enjoyed watching. You know, like you said, Travers is good. He might not be playing anymore, but. I, I want like to see them. a little more out of Tavernier when they play these teams that aren't like high up yeah. the table. I want to see how he adapts to the Premier League. Play. I like I like Christie because he just runs, runs for he, days. Yeah, he runs. And the man is passionate. Man. I respect that. You know, because there were there was people that were saying like, oh, in the in the Liverpool match, yeah. Bournemouth look like they don't care. That I is don't... completely disrespectful to Bournemouth. They just got completely outmatched by Liverpool. And that happens. Yeah. But to say that they didn't care, man, those guys were like running their asses yeah. off till the very end. Yeah. You can't watch that game and say they didn't care. Yeah. Liverpool are just like phenomenal that day. <laughs> like right. what? And you it, can tell when a team doesn't care. Right. And no, that was definitely that. not that. I did not see people saying that. Super disrespectful. So I'm putting a kibosh to that. What's the next game? Next game. Arsenal, Arsenal versus Aston Villa. You're getting all yours out of the way. The lineups. Ramsdale, Tierney, White, Gabriel, Saliba, Saka, Odegaard, Martinelli, Lokonga, and for the injured El Nene. <laughs> yes. Jaka, Gabby Jesus. You know what I learned about watching uh, all, all or nothing Arsenal is that Mohamed El Nene is a big game player, or self-proclaimed big game player. Absolutely. <laughs> They don't call him Pyramid Pirlo for nothing. Love <laughs> that, that is, man. That's such a great line when he said that. I love that, man. Martinez, Cash, Consa, Mings, Digne, McGinn, Ramsey, Kamara, Buendia, Watkins, and Leon Bailey. CVG, he's throwing the sink out there. He's trying every lineup. He threw the sink, but the sink crashed and burned. Arsenal, I don't know if a sink can burn, but... Oh, I've seen gasoline. Hell's Kitchen. I've seen a sink on fire. Oh, no, but I'm talking about like a marble ceramic sink. That's the kind I, of sink I mean, sink the Bill sink is. itself is not on fire, but the contents of the <laughs> sink are on fire. That's fair. Arsenal dominated the first half, controlling the possession, limited Aston Villa to very little in attack, often only a long ball up to Ollie Watkins. Despite having all the possession and chances, Arsenal weren't able to get the ball over the line until the 30th minute after Jacques deflected cross forces martinez into a save which falls kindly to gabby jesus who scores um they push a little more in the first half not able to get a second goal goes in halftime one nil second half arsenal continued to apply pressure in search of a second goal and villa started to get back into the game started to get a little more possession and it ultimately led to them scoring a goal which was completely illegitimate from the corner kick where Kamara illegitimate stop the count Kamara was boxing out Ramsdale you can do that these days <laughs> and, and Douglas Luiz scored directly from the corner kick how that doesn't get ruled off 
I don't know. It didn't even get checked, did it? Or did it? I think it got checked, but... By the VAR official, not by the regular... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Darren England said, oh, looks fine to me. 90% of the time when when they give those up, half it's like how can they not like even if it's just it's clearly not like a clear-cut one like you should have to send the ref over there but they like never do i don't get it yeah obviously a foul ridiculous for that to be given wrong you're wrong that was wrong Um, no you're wrong (laughs) i i i was like dead set i was like i know exactly who the var referee it's paul tierney and then i was like oh no it's darren england wow um Arsenal wasted no time to grab a second goal as Saka found Martinelli at the back post who was able to get a shot past Martinez, kind of an acrobatic finish in a way. Um, And then Arsenal hold on for the 2-1 win to make it 5 out of 5. It was was harder than it should have been. Yep. But they got the job done. They did. Speaking of time-wasting, Emmy Martinez, that man time-wastes like no other. What can you say? Moving on to the next match, Manchester City. My boy, I might dibs all our Man City games. I might, I might say that Holland is my guy. Are we sure that City isn't full of soul now that they have my boy Erlings? <laughs> the lineups: Aderson, Walker, uh, Diaz, Stones, Cancelo, Julian Alvarez start. Gindawan, Rodri, Silva, Foden, Erling Holland, Erling Proud Holland. Uh, for Forrest, Henderson, Warall, Williams, Coyote, McKenna, Lodi on loan from Atletico Madrid, uh, Lewis O'Brien, Ryan Yates, Remo Freula, uh, Morgan Gibbs-White, and Brennan Johnson. What the hell's wrong with Atletico? They like loan out their good fullback, and they're like, what if we just bought crap? Uh, Regulon. Yeah, Regulon. What if we bought that guy from Tottenham? Who's doing the transfers for Atletico Madrid? More like Pathetico Madrid, am I right? Boom, roasted. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Man City, dominant from the off. First goal off a short corner and across. Played into the six-yard box and right at the spot for Erling Holland. Uh, too big, too strong. What can he do? He's going to box him out every time. Second goal, pulling Nottingham Forest apart with perfect passing and runs. Um, after forcing... Uh, Nottingham Forest turnover in kind of midfield slash their own defensive third. And Phil Foden gets an assist to Erling Holland. How about that? After not uh, passing to him like six times earlier this year. And I just have a note about how good City's passing was. Their ability to just ping balls this game. Just perfectly lofted. Great touch. I mean, the passes were damn near perfect every time, but... It, it was just spot on. It was like a clinic out there. Um, first half hat trick on a sequences of crosses and, uh, you know, headed passes in the box. When you're just dropping headed passes in the box to each other, that's that's when you know you've reached, like, the peak. So Holland, first half hat trick. Second half, City looking for more, and Nottingham Forest really could not keep up. Uh, Joe Cancelo had an amazing blast, upper 90 for a goal. And then Julian Alvarez, um, you know, gets a brace. The first one just demonstrates City's ability to spread the ball. Um, and then the second was a bit of a lucky deflection that fell to him, but a great touch and just a perfect rip 
upper 90. Finishes 6-0. I think I called 4 last week or 5-0, so I underestimated City's ability. Team for the present and the future. No, team of the past. Team of the past. <laughs> They're well past it. Yep, 100%. Um, not, not much you can take away from this. Uh, and City's really good. Nottingham Forest. I think they might be like really, really, really bad on the road. That should have been your prediction. They're historically bad on the road. True. Because they, when they don't have the energy in the crowd behind them, it's it's pretty brutal. I just think like the team we're seeing now, what's it going to look compared to the team we see at the end of the season? You know, they have so ah. many so many different players. Yeah, you true. know, it could go any which way. It'll be tough for Steve Cooper to figure out like what his best team is and what his best formation is. Because yeah. I mean. He's going to have to mess around with it quite a bit. Yeah. Next match, West Ham, Tottenham. Total lineups. Fabianski, Cresswell, Zuma, Shufal, Kara Hare, as Sam says. Fornells, Bowen, Benrama, Sushek, Rice, Antonio. That's more proper West Ham football, if you ask me. Tottenham, Lloris, Sanchez, Dyer, Davies, Hoiberg, Royale, Perisic, Bissuma getting a start. Son, Kane, Kulishevsky. Starting off, a little bit of controversy. This was a rough game for Peter Banks. I didn't see if anyone was shitting on him, but it was a pretty rough game for him. <laughs> First off, Tottenham should have had a penalty. I And I guess this is just a part of the rules now, but I still feel like, you know, I feel like it should be implemented. Kane wins the header in the box. It's It glances off Cresswell's head mm-hmm. and hits his arm, which is above his head. Yes. And they said that's not a penalty because it hit Cresswell's head first. I still feel like because it hits his arm and his arm's in a not very natural position, that it should be a penalty. It's so weird because, like, there's been other times this season where they're like, oh, yeah, it took a deflection, but his hand was in such a weird position Mm -hmm. or, like, it was going to stop a goal. Yeah. Like, I don't know why... If it stops a goal, then then it's yeah. a penalty. But otherwise, it's not a penalty. I that just think make just because it hits Cresswell's head and then his hand, it shouldn't matter. It's a handball, and his hand was like at his ear slash above his head level. Yeah, like that's not normal to have your right. arm up there. I can, I can, I'm fine with it when it's like, oh, it it takes a deflection and then it hits up off your like knee or something yeah onto your hand which is mostly by your side like i don't mm-hmm. have a problem with that not being called a handball yeah but if you if your hand's like way above your head you know it's just, it's just goofy but apparently it doesn't matter west ham pinning tottenham in early stop me if you've heard that before tottenham being pinned in because they can't play out of the back antonio hitting the post on a counter attack Tottenham, they look dangerous if they can link those passes into the West Ham final third. It's easy to get in the box for them, but they, they're really struggling in midfield this game. Um, Tottenham able to get a counterattack, and they get an own goal out of it. That's what Tottenham do. They, they All they can do is counter. They use the Kulishevsky and Son pace. And they have Kane and Son or Kulishevsky is never out, not on the ball. They have them crashing. And they get they get goals at extremely insanely high inefficient or uh, efficient rates rather. Um, West Ham continue to dominate, winning the ball back often, but they go down in the half down one rip. 
Second half, Basuma could have got a second yellow. He was already on a yellow for a silly call that Peter Banks made. Shouldn't have been called. Bowen, like, fell over. He, like, I, I don't even know what happened. He just, like, fell over, and he gave Basuma a yellow for a foul, and Basuma didn't touch him. But Basuma should have had a second yellow on this challenge, but they didn't give it to him. Uh, Kuliszewski, great at pushing and uh, dribbling on this game. Passed a lot of West Ham players. There was a boot change I had to make another of this. Hoiberg <laughs> took, like, at least, it felt like 10 minutes to change, like, his boot. It Jeez. took so long. Tottenham time-wasting. Can't be doing that. Hashtag Tottenham time-wasting. Bring it to your attention. Hashtag team of the past. Team of never. Uh, West Ham, get it back. Quick throw and hold-up play. Sparks a run by Suchek to slot it near post. Um, really kind of out of nothing. Tottenham possessed the ball to slow the game down, and they cannot break West Ham down in that second half uh, at all, really. Um, I'll tell you what, West Ham should have won. They had so many chances to win. Tottenham turned the ball over the box. Bowen, great chance, couldn't get on net. Sun had a counterattack chance as well, so it should be noted. But for now, half a chance on the volley. And then at the very end, I tell you what, Sam. I tell you what. Couple dummies. They missed it. It's brutal. But the one at the 94th minute for West Ham. Terrible. Terrible, terrible chance missed. Ends 1-1. West Ham should have won. Simple as. Tottenham. Escape. They're the luckiest team in the league. And it's not even close. It's true. Um, 1-1. I, I think West Ham's turning it around. I think that they'll they'll be playing well uh, going forward. You know, as they say... Tottenham, they, if they keep it rolling, you know, what can you do? If they're just efficient in attack and they hold their own in defense, I guess, you know, I can hate all I want, but... The wheels of change turn slowly. I suppose. Moving on. Talking about moving slowly... Liverpool, yeah, they were moving slow in this one. Holy moly. How did Mo Salah win player of the match? Yeah, sure he had two assists, but yeah, whatever. Moving on. Liverpool lineups. Allison, Gomez, Van Dyke, Robertson, Alexander-Arnold, Fabinho, Henderson, Harvey Elliott, Firmino, Salah, Diaz. For Newcastle, Pope, Trippier, Lascelles, Target, Byrne, Jolinton, Willick, Longstaff, Isak, Frazier, Almiron. Liverpool possession, very early and very slow. A lot of passing it around the back four. Taking it very slow. Did not want to get caught up by Newcastle. They saw what Newcastle did to Man City. Like, we don't need that. Um, Newcastle's first chance is on a free kick, but right at Allison. Um, Liverpool open up a bit more after this, and Newcastle start to get more into the game once Liverpool does open up. Best Liverpool chance is a threaded through ball to Louis D., and he dribbles Pope, but he cannot get the shot on net. Um, Liverpool lose the ball, and one through ball sends Alexander Isak, the new signing, onto net, and he scores clinically. 1 0 Newcastle. What a debut. No shots on target from Liverpool in the first half. So not the slow enough. approach was not working. Second half. 
Newcastle score again, but it's offside. Isak played like it wasn't. Liverpool played like it wasn't. It's a hell of a run, hell of a shot. It's I I don't know how you can call that. Drop the lines. <laughs> and he's off. Oh yeah, look there, right there, he's off. It's so confusing because we've had like ten of these calls. And it's just a complete coin toss whether they yeah. call it offside or not. Yeah, it. I don't get it. It should just be like if if the lines are touching, then it's onside. Yeah, I mean, I don't just know how you can overturn it, it. Yeah. Um, Newcastle set up. Uh, they just set up in Liverpool. We're gonna have to break them down. Liverpool will get a chance through Elliot. Um, the build-up play was fast and central, but. Um, they eventually get their goal. Liverpool. Bobby Firmino. What are you going to do? He's unstoppable these days. They finally had build-up play. Kind of went through the central part of the park. Um, got out wide to Salah. Salah swinging it in the middle of the box. Firmino running right onto it. Slots it. 1-1. One, one. Um, Newcastle did a great job of holding shape. Putting their body on the line essentially parking the bus against Liverpool. And then once you know it, when there's 95 added minutes and Newcastle bring the ball down to Liverpool's end on the 95th minute, Liverpool are able to go down, takes a whole minute to go down the field, win a corner at the 97th minute, take the corner at the 98th minute and score the winner. And now people will say with this whole time-wasting thing, yeah, well, Pope wasted two minutes and added time by laying on the ground. And and does this not happen all the time where teams still time waste and add a time and they maybe add like one they maybe add one minute? That is they very true. three minutes. That yeah. That's pretty brutal rough ball, no matter how you look at it. Yeah, that's the problem with the added time system is that it's completely used incorrectly. Yeah. They just pick a, a random number, and then they're and, like, okay, well, uh, yeah, well, okay, we'll just we'll add on another one minute to that. And people like Kerrigan stuff complaining about the time-wasting, being like, that's what you get. You deserve it. It's like they're teams time-wasting all the time. The point. Yeah. It's Newcastle at Anfield. Right. What do you expect? Yeah. They're supposed to just like not ta- time-waste? It's part of the game. Yeah, I this that I'm triggered beyond all belief. Tilted, yeah, and a half at this rough stuff for Newcastle. Liverpool, Liverpool, true. I hate to say it, but it's true. Speaking of a team that gets some fortunate bounces, Leicester City's not one of them. Last match of the match week, twenty out of twenty. The lineups: Ward, Justin, Evans, and Didi Thomas. Barnes, Telemans, Madison, Dewsbury Hall, and Jamie Vardy. Dewsbury Hall. For United, De Gea, Martinez, Malasia, Varane, Delot, Fern- Fernandez, Erickson, Erickson, Alaga, McTominay, and Marcus Rashford. The ultimate Portuguese oh. man himself. Sure. Do you know what you're doing, brother? I dragged my tab. <laughs> my tab. There's a snake in my I tab. I dragged my tab. It's me, Jose Mourinho. I dragged my tab. Jose. Jose. Football heritage. 
We've gone off the rails. <laughs> United opened the match with control of the possession and were able to find the only goal of the game in the 23rd minute when Leicester found their back line very exposed, um, having to only two center backs back there. And they're like... And one's Wilfred and Didi. Where is everyone? And one of them is Johnny Evans, who's like halfway dead. Yeah. Feel bad for the guy. Um, Too many injuries lately. So it was, it was just like super easy few passes for United. Yeah, Sancho, nice dribble. Sancho, nice dribble to get past Ward. Goal. And then Leicester had little influence in the first half, but United didn't look much like scoring either. United loved it. They're just going to get a lead now and just sit on it. Yeah. It's going to be something to watch. They're going to be the 1-0 merchants. I guess so. Goes into halftime, 1-0 United. Second half, Leicester looked better. But struggled to create chances. Um, their best chance of the game came in the 51st minute when James Madison's long free kick was saved by De Gea. That was a nice save. And let me tell you something. Leicester's midfield was like the weirdest thing ever. They played four players who were all like either a 10 or like an 8 slash 10. Yeah. And they're just like, all right. Go for it. Just figure it out. And, and it made... It's it's so funny to think back because it's like no one knows where they should be. They all kind of want to be in like a number ten position. Yeah. But then at times it's like people have to float out wide. They have to drop back a bit. James Madison's like the farthest guy back. Deep line playmaker. No, no one wants to be the six. It's yeah. like the six is love. It's like I'm not doing that. You do it. No, I no you do it. Yeah. Um. And then they don't have one. And that's how you end up giving a counter tackle away to Jaden Sancho. Yeah. Um, their attack was just like super narrow, if you can believe when you have that those yeah. guys and not like actual wingers. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, it was just really bad from Leicester. They looked terrible. I think Brendan Rodgers will be getting sacked very soon. After the match, he made some comments about not getting the support. Yeah. Uh, in the transfer it's a bit window. fair. You can't blame them. Normally, I feel I don't feel bad for managers. This I do. Like when they spend net zero, I mean, come on. I mean, the problem, the big problem, one, Fofana getting sold late in the window, that yeah. stuff, and then two, you have such a bloated squad that you got to get rid of guys first before you can sell. That's you know, unfortunately, sometimes that happens. I'll take Sam as one of these mid-table teams that miss on a transfer and shit goes side up. True. You miss on Sumare, a 40, 50 million pound guy, your shit's about to get messed up. Yeah, I was curious. I didn't look it up, but I was kind of wondering, like, distance covered? To me, it seemed like he, like, was, like, jogging the whole match and never— Are you calling him out saying he's not trying? Really put in a shift. Are you giving him the people who call out Bournemouth for not trying? Yes, I just think he's not very good for the Premier League. I don't League. think I he's think, good either. I think he'll go to France or Spain and be fine, but I don't think he matches the Premier League. And I think, to be fair to him, he was being played out of position yeah. in this match. Can we talk about how Ronaldo must hit a bike? Dude, it's funny you mentioned that. <laughs> United's best chances in the second half were after um, Ronaldo, Ronaldo got, subbed got subbed on. Almost hit the bike. That was epic. Had had another chance he could have scored on, but... Um, yeah, United really only looked dangerous on the counter. Uh, they didn't really create much 
otherwise. So mm-hmm. let, let's kind of halt the brakes on the United are back train for uh-uh, now. No way. Ten Hag, genius. Genius. Um, but yeah, let's get into some predictions. Yep. Let's get the next let's one Let's round gone. it out. We we would love to talk about some transfers, but unfortunately, there are just not enough time. Unfortunately, I haven't eaten anything today, and I got to eat. Hank's, Hank's eat. hungry. It's nine. Right. It's almost 9 o'clock our local time, 9 o'clock at night. You don't want to be here when Hank gets hangry. Hank hangry, they call me. All right, so we're just going to— Everton, Liverpool. Just hit it quick. Yeah. Quick thoughts. Uh, I think Everton is going to hang around in that one. Um, I think it'll be a little harder for Liverpool than they think. I'm gonna go two one Liverpool. I was gonna say two one Liverpool. Yeah, I think Everton will be competitive. Second match: Brentford versus Leeds. What are you looking at? Brentford, you know they're dogs. Okay, they're <laughs> dogs out here. They fight back. Leeds, they're feisty. They're also dogs. Leeds won at this uh, fixture last year to stay up. I think this has to be a two two draw. I'm going to go with a spectacular 3-3 draw. Chelsea-West Ham. Uh, West Ham playing a lot better. Chelsea's still kind of struggling to find anything. Uh, I'm going to go with a 1-1 draw. Um, yeah, Chelsea have been pretty poor. They at least get Reese James back, and they'll probably have Fafana in this game, I guess. I'm Can gonna, we get Reese James as an actual wing back and we drop Havertz? Is that possible, Tuchel? I'm going to say 1-1. One, one. That's what I say. Every match. <laughs> draws, draws. Draws across the board. This is definitely <laughs> another draw. Newcastle Palace at St. James. What are you looking at? Uh, I think Newcastle will be out for revenge after that disappointing last-minute losing goal. I think Newcastle will win this 1-2 now. Okay. I'm going to go with a 1-1 one, one draw. All right. Forest Bournemouth, the city ground. Is Bournemouth ready to feel the wrath of Nottingham Forest? Well, I hope they don't get 9 0 here. Uh, that won't happen. I think this will be another. Uh, I think I, I like what Forest do going forward. And I some of their their signings I wasn't in love with, but I like what they're going, uh, what they're doing with some of these guys. Tafolo looks pretty good in defense. Their back three kind of holds up well. Nico Williams is pretty solid for yeah. them. Yeah, I like Nico Williams. Brendan Johnson pops up. I'm going to go with a 2-1 Nottingham Forest win. I'm going to say 2-0 Forest. See, that's what worries me. Bournemouth, they're sneaky. Spurs versus Fulham. What do you got? Well, Fulham, they're they're competitive. Yeah. They might be. The thing is, like, are Spurs gonna let Fulham outpossess them at home? Yes, I don't think so. Yes, I do. <laughs> they might. I do. Um, I mean, you can never rule out another goal from Mitrovic. The guy That's gonna nuts. happen. It's gonna finish two one Tottenham, but it should finish like one one or two yeah. two. Yeah, is how it's gonna go. I think that's a fair assessment. Richarlison will get his first goal. I know you called it last week, but it's gonna happen this week. Yeah, Wolves versus Southampton. Oh, I love. I really like this game. It's got to be Southampton. It's got to be. That's what you want to believe, but then they let you down. But then anytime you go against Wolves. I know. That's the ultimate. Um, I I think this will be a 2-1 no, one, one draw. I'm going to say 2-1 Southampton. Villa, City, 
Is this the end of Stevie G? I'm thinking 100%. I'm thinking 3 nil City, and that's me being conservative. I think Villa's going to come out playing hard, but then they're eventually just going to have to go for it. I think City will it, thrash them by if, the end of it. If Villa played like they did against Arsenal, it would probably be 6 nil. Yeah. Stevie G's sacked Brendan Rodgers to Villa. You heard it here first. Wow. Yeah. That's my prediction. Gene Smith no back goals. to Villa. That's my prediction. Uh, Brighton, Leicester. I hate this game. Yeah. Mainly because I hate Leicester right now. Leicester are really hard to watch. They're like the anti-team. Yeah. Um, Them and Wolves. Well, I said this year, I said the two teams I'd hate to watch, Everton, and I'm wrong about Everton, and True. then second was Leicester. I just you hated watching right Leicester that. at the end of last year. Uh, Brighton, I want to see it going. I want to see Pascal Gross be player of the year quality out there. Let's go. I'm going to go with a... Uh, 2-0 victory for Brighton. 2-0. I was thinking the same thing. Man, you Arsenal, Old Trafford, Sammy, what do you got to round it out? Well, on paper, this you would favor Arsenal in this matchup, but I think the Old Trafford factor in these matches, form gets thrown out the window. Um, I think it'll be by a 2-2 far. A two, the two, great two, two draw. Team, the world as I was a Two two draw. I'm a little concerned about the midfield situation. Uh if Laconga is playing. He did all right against Villa, but That's true. That is a big thing. When is Zinchenko coming back? This is the not, shit they need him week. for. Well, that worries me then. Yeah. I was gonna go two one Arsenal, but they're I'll go one one. Okay. I would have picked Arsenal if they had Zinchenko healthy, but I just you know, he's that guy who kind of fits in and goes plug and play but yeah i don't trust it arsenal already injured to hell unbelievable yeah it was it's scary having Lukonga. i mean he played against liverpool last year and it went very poorly yeah i don't trust that guy yeah maybe in a couple of years right all right well you gave your amazing prediction brendan rogers to villa yeah i'm ready to see that yeah let's go <laughs> that might be a more than one week type deal but it's it's coming okay yeah can we get one prediction of just like a who's gonna score? All right, one 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 cheeky prediction. One who's gonna score? I think Isak. I think he'll score again. Oh shit! I thought you were gonna go someone on Brentford. I think you're gonna go Ben Me, number two on the year. I think Isak's a little under the radar. Anyways, always gonna be great. This has been another episode of the Premiership Perusal Podcast. I just want to say shout out. We had like 41 views on the YouTube. If if anyone is still listening at this point, you're an absolute <laughs> legend. I, I I commend you. And shout out to those 41 people who clicked on the YouTube video. Gave us some views. We love you. Keep listening. Keep the faith. It's available. YouTube, Spotify, Google Casts, uh, probably some other random stuff that Old no one on listens SoundCloud. to old ones on soundcloud but anyways if you could throw us a like subscribe whatever share the podcast we appreciate you and we'll be back adios next week mis amigos for another episode hank's hank is he's he's got food already he's out he's out the door all right have a good night everyone